0: Welcome along to the Wise Men's Say podcast, where we have a win to talk about. Looking like 1-1, perhaps, for a little while, or maybe not. We got to get the, first, uh, the second goal in the first half, didn't we? Um, well, we you know, we equalised quite quickly as well. So. Mm. so we'll talk about the Portsmouth game. We'll talk about Rochdale as well, who we are playing tomorrow night. So a lot to get through. Going to dive straight into it. Joining myself, Stephen Gorswith, and Gareth Barker it is Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo. Good evening. For your first appearance of the season with us.
1: Yeah, I've been hiding away until the one-one stuff.
0: Hiding away doing your own <laughs> podcast, you may. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, inspirational, Stephen, aren't we? Really, influencers. Uh, I mean, there's about say.
2: 50 Sunderland podcasts now. Mm. To be fair, we weren't the first one. No, but we were the long- with we the longest running. <laughs> is, that the th- is that the thing? Yeah. Let's that's not. Good. It yeah. sounds. It sounds like we're just showing off now, isn't it? It's not. It's not really nothing really it's to really. be proud I was gonna of. Say, really, I'd hardly that think that's showing <laughs> yeah, off. Really, yeah. it's just way, it sad, exactly sad. Actually, nothing really, better. We it. It. Yeah. had tragic people. <laughs> I know. It She'll be
0: tragic. able to be able to say, "All right, let's let's maybe take a back seat there and just stop talking rubbish." Let, let somebody else do it. Yeah, let other people talk rubbish. Why not? No. Nah. The twelve. Tell you what wasn't rubbish. The result on Saturday. No, it wasn't. This was I don't think I spoke to one Sunderland fan going into this game who thought we were going to win Um, I think there's you're trying to think now if you predicted we'd win there aren't you no I mean I, I you kept that prediction to yourself if you did think that sort of
2: you know a few weeks ago the the stigma of the 1-1s is a bit of an issue in that in isolation a draw against Ipswich a draw against Portsmouth would probably be seen as over the course of a season decent as long as you beat you know Wimbledon and Rochdale teams like that so but because of the pressure that's been on everyone it was really important that they did win the game and we started pretty I would say we we're a bit loose a bit slack and they were a bit fortunate with a goal I mean it looks like a mistake live but like when you watch it back Powers, to be fair, has tackled him and it's just ran. He's kept running and it's gone right into his path. And they actually recovered reasonably well to try and block it out. And then it's just, you know, the break of the ball's gone their way. Um, but, you know, once, we, once we'd kind of got that silliness out of the way, you know, I thought we took control of the game. And they look worse. I mean, people have been saying, you know, we haven't been great this season, but they look worse than last year they weren't great in a couple of occasions when we played them last year but they look worse they don't look as solid um, and they don't look as potent um, so if you're looking at them as you know people were tipping Portsmouth to be alongside ourselves um, top two material we do look better than them um, on, so on how much of this showing. then but th- then
0: you know it's three games how much of this then was down the old formation we'll go back we'll go back to that Um but I I went Akriton last week and Jordan Willis and Alamaz Turk playing centre half I don't think anybody who was at that game um, would have thought anything other than those two need to play in a pair in a back four together from now on
1: oh yeah definitely I think and I think that's why I'd actually fancied them to win before the game but I, I certainly did once I saw the team sheet because it was just one of those where you just look at the side and think that's a good side, pretty much fully fit. I don't think it's one of the few so far this season where I don't think anyone could really quibble with any of the decisions he made. And the key thing was, I thought the partnerships were right all over the pitch. And that's the big thing. Ledbetter in power, when they play like that, are a very good partnership. Ozturk and Willis. McNulty, although he went off injured, we've already seen how well he links up with Maguire and McGeady. So partly it's the formation. Defensively, they'll look a lot more secure and a lot more certain. They seem to understand their jobs better, and the defenders actually seem more comfortable with more responsibility if that makes sense. Willis seems to thrive on having a bit having the challenge of being one of two center backs and having to take on a lot of pressure rather than being one of three but I think it's so it's partly formation I think partly just combinations having Maguire and McGee, for example fully fit to start a game um in the way they in the way they link up so I think the big thing is you look at that team and you look at those partnerships and we probably all have including the manager, have a much better idea about where to go moving forward and that's almost as important as getting the three points.
0: Well, talk us through, so people who weren't there then, so exiles and listeners who weren't at the game and they rely relying on us to give them uh, our analysis after the game. Talk us through how, how the how the shape was, who played where. Well, Maguire played
2: off was it a second striker. Really? He was, yeah. it wasn't it was quite 10, but he was more of a second striker. Was it more striker, 4-4-2
0: than 4-2-3-1? I would
2: say so. I would say it was... It was more four four two than four it was like a four four one one. Remember hmm. under Keane we used to often play like a four four one one. It was similar to that sort of thing. Um you know we'd actually discussed on previous podcasts about people like Maguire and McGee and I made the point about we've got to pla in my opinion, if Mc Maguire's fit, he plays because of the goals we've lost out of the team, then he he will score goals, he'll create goals. Um and obviously McGee you know, it has to start anyway. And it was good that, you know, to see... We talked about who's going to play in that sort of 10 position, if you will, or the second striker, support strike, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's funny now, you know, we played all our pre-season with a 3-4-3. Three, three. Whereas Honeyman fit into that. Honeyman was playing in that 10 position in the four. 2-3-1 or whatever you want to call it again when we played that system last year and we we're kind of saying well in that in the system if we played there three, 3-4-3 three, where's Honeyman going to play now we've gone back again with Honeyman not being there it's given Maguire the opportunity to go into that space and I think personally like he's the best player we've got at the club to play in that position and I think it, it really did work I thought he was excellent Maguire. I mean, there was a lot of really good performances, Phil. I'm sure you agree, and you could name loads of them, couldn't you really stand out?
1: I, absolutely. I mean, Maguire, for me, is, I don't want to say the key because that's over and over, it, but the difference between the way he plays that role and any other player in the squad plays that role, is massive. And the way he takes the ball, in some ways, he was even more impressive in that Ipswich game because that was that was leadership, the way he played, yeah. the way he took the ball, the way he held it up, the way he took players on, and... I always go back to the quote that Jack Ross made so I thought it was really telling, which was after the Akron game last year, which is the one he came on and made an absolutely huge difference in. And Jack said, when he plays like that, I will always pick him. And actually he was talking today and I, I asked Jack about whether he felt now he had his, a better idea of his strongest 11, given the last couple of performances. And Maguire was the first person he used as an example. And he said, there's a lot of players who are making it much easier for me at the moment. And he said, Chris is. And he said, because Chris's work, weight, work rate and his work off the ball has been excellent in the last two games. And he says, if he does that, I will always pick him because, yes, he'll make mistakes on the ball. Yes, he might give it away every now and then, but I know he'll produce some quality. So I'll pick him as long as that other side of the game is there. So that's really encouraging that Maguire's fit and that also, at the moment, he, the application is is obviously there. because. And this is where, I mean, I, I disagreed with Jack Ross, obviously, that a lot of attention, that stuff about formations and being over-egged and... But a lot of it is just down to the personnel you pick because two separate players will interpret the same role very differently and play very differently. And Maguire and Honeyman are a classic example of that. Honeyman's instinct is always to come and help his midfielders. Maguire's instinct is always to get in the final third. And there's absolutely no doubt that Sunland are a much, much better team when Chris McGuire is playing yeah. and playing well. And Saturday was just a, another example of that. And the Ipswich game was an even bigger
2: example of that. I mm-hmm. know well, there's, there's a kind of a hand to trying if you were going to pick somebody in that ho- hole position or you know the off-striker position. People kind of talk about, well, surely McGeady could go there. Imagine the damage he would do there. But he's, he doesn't play that way. And he'd be picking the ball up too deep in that position at times as well. You want him high up the pitch. He seems a bit quicker, McGeady. I, I, his acceleration for the goal was... I can't remember him being as as fast as that over that short space
1: of time. I mean, it, was the, it was the same at Attington. You just kind of were w- waiting for him to play the pass and then yeah, he, he was just gone and he yeah. was past two. And you it was just amazing, kind of, that goal. It, yeah. it Absolutely Wasn't it? fantastic.
0: It, it, just, it was like watching Messi or something, the way he just, uh, no, I'm gonna Glide- going to keep, yeah. keep going, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going, and just waltzed through the defence.
1: But this is the other thing, cause I, and I completely agree with you there, Gareth, but the other beauty of having, when we talk about formations versus personnel, when you've got personnel like Maguire, McGeady, McNulty, intelligent attacking players, there's no reason why for 10 minutes in the game, McGee can't just come inside and see if there's any yeah. openings from there and Maguire can drift out. And that's the beauty of having...
0: And defenders inter- hate that. Defenders hate that. Yeah. Well, surely... Having, because it, players, the limited level are played as a full-back, you, you hear it because it, you, you spend most of the game trying to work out what your attacking player is going to do and then you feel like you're just starting to suss them and then somebody who plays entirely different who's also dangerous comes over and has a go, yeah. It's, it's, and, and we should be flexing our muscles like this. We've said it a lot, haven't we? We've got these players and we've looked so toothless. And do you think back to the Barnsley game last season where actually it was almost like, no, we're just going to attack and believe in and our attacking quality. And I think that's where a lot of fans see a, a failure or would question Jack Ross. Do we think he was... Feeling the pressure before this game? Do we think you you have to you have to?
2: I know people talk about you know. He was speaking as if he was feeling the pressure, got, but well, wasn't he? After everyone, the, after the
0: Accrington game in particular,
2: everyone feels the pressure. It's how you handle the pressure, isn't it? And how you deal with it. That's, a diff, that's the diff. That people who claim like they're not under pressure don't feel the pressure. It's total garbage. Like the course is pressure, like and it, it makes you do things. It's how you handle it. How. Can you take a step back and look at assess the situation and make a clear-headed decision? That's that's about handling pressure, isn't it? To be fair, to Jack Ross, he has got. I feel he's got that air about him. I think he's made mistakes in times where you know the four-four-two thing last season was a prime example where people were on about playing it, and he was like, "Well, I don't play in 4 4 and then then about three games later, we were playing four-four-two mm. stuff like that, and that that they're the things that make you look a bit silly. Um, but I think generally, he's got, he's got quite a cool head, hasn't he? He's never really... I know he snapped a band. Not snapped a band. That's a bit, h- a bit harsh. It wasn't really a snap. But he certainly bit a little bit the comments about the, the formation thing. And he was talking about, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. That sort of thing. Well, yeah, you are. But if you win, the doesn't matter, does it? So you've just got to keep winning.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because, but, you know, you, go, you, you did say, oh, I don't play 4 4 don't do it. it is, we've said many times that it can work, but it's all about personnel. And this is a, what goes back to what you said, Phil, where it, actually, yes, it, it does matter what formation you play because we said the wing-backs didn't work because we don't have good wing-backs at the club. Equally, when you play 4 4 in some of the games, he was playing Ledbetter, um and McGeoch, I just thought you're going to struggle with, it, with those two in midfield. Max power, I feel, is important um with his ability I guess to, to, to move around the pitch a little bit more with with Grant. Yeah, well strength. I well I
1: think that's that's one of the things that I've I've liked so far and why I'm feeling a lot better about the team I feel it looks a lot settled because I've now seen Grant and Dylan play that deep line role if you like and both do it pretty well. And I've watched George and Max be the more advanced midfielder and I've watched them both have good performances. So that suggests to me that something good is happening on the training pitch because the players understand what's been asked of them. It's been communicated clearly, and he's got players who he can drop in and perform the same roles. And we don't see, you know, a lack of cohesion or a drop off. So I think that's a, definitely midfield's a big positive because from all four of those, we've seen good performances from each one of them. So yeah, I think it's 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 starting to look starting to look a lot more settled. But you're absolutely right in what you say. It makes a massive difference when you've got a midfielder who can really get about the pitch and, and mm. Dobson and Power have, have both got that
2: I nope. thought Power looked back to where he was last season the start he
1: was he was really good against Sackrington I mean I thought he was good at the weekend but he was he really I thought he looked a long way above a lot of what was on the pitch that night really really controlled yeah. it. he was fantastic
2: but he, he you know he, when he came last year and he came in he started in, against Luton straight away he was excellent like and, and it was only really that little after the Warsaw game, really, where he, you know, he um, dropped off a bit because of what happened to him with the the three red cards. Obviously, the the final one was rescinded. Um, but you know, you forget, don't you? We've got a lot of good players in in lots of areas. I mean, I thought White was had his best game for Sunderland when he came on. Like I thought he was excellent. Like he was, he did so many good things but that you want your striker to do.
0: He had well at Akron as well when he came on, didn't he?
2: But he just looked sharper. Do you, that, to be fair, they all look, like I was saying, McGee, they look quicker. Like I know like we looked a bit sluggish at the start of the season. Maybe it's one of those where we just needed a couple of extra games to get up to the, the levels that we need to be competing in competitive games in the league. And maybe we've we've got there now, we've had those extra three games, we've got there sort of during the Akron game and now we look... Sharper. Um, I think McNulty's played a big part in that in forward areas. Obviously he's gonna be a little bit of a miss. But if if White comes on and replaces McNulty and does as well as he did, um then then great. I mean I bet Will Grigg was thinking "Oh, Well he's got something he a battle for yeah. now, Wyke, like, hasn't yeah.
0: he? Because he's got Grigg and McNulty ahead yeah. of him. And if he thinks well he's not gonna play two up front now.
2: Well Grigg isn't ahead of him now, is he? He's well, that's obviously behind him now, so I think it's, my personal view It might view, depend on the game. I would say my personal view on the Grigg thing as well. I, People are frustrated that he's not playing as well as he can and he'll be frustrated as well, I get that. I don't like it when someone comes on and basically every single thing they do is analysed and critiqued to the nth degree and that's where he is now. So if he doesn't run quick enough over 10 yards to chase a ball that he's never going to get people are groaning. There was people doing like ironic cheers when he won a header things like that, it's like it's not helpful. It's, not. it's it's not helpful because he if he's not playing well, the, the fact of the matter with Will Gregg is that he has scored. He is the Kevin Phillips of League One, like it. it, it uh, when when Phillips was at his peak, so he's got to did score the goals. If if he can get over this little bump and, and he, he he finds his feet, he will score lots of goals. Yeah,
0: yeah. I
1: think there's a, a couple of a couple of things I would say on that. One is, and you know, I've seen in some places and read in some places that he doesn't care or that he doesn't want to be here in my personal opinion I don't think that's true at all I've spoken to him a lot he's a really smart guy a grounded guy but very driven and I think really really does want to succeed and and what you mentioned there about the the analysis I think is probably true because that game at um, the Accrington game I thought for the first half he played pretty well he wasn't amazing he wasn't constantly involved in the build up play but you wouldn't expect that from a striker of his type he had a header that just went wide that was a clever little header. A really good little back heel from across that being over hit that just got turned out for a corner. If he wasn't in the rut he was in, that performance would never have been remarked upon because it was a poacher who almost scored a couple of goals and just didn't quite. So when you need more from him, of course you do. And I don't think anyone would say that in the team that he should be in the 11 at the moment because McNulty's outperformed him. But I do think some some of the criticism has been too much and I, I still still think he's got a lot of offer this season.
2: It's a lot... We, I mean, we mentioned it, I know a few people commented, I mentioned it when we spoke to him when he signed and people were saying, oh, you, you know, you're scaring him sort of thing with a comment he made about, you know.
0: You did start like saying, oh, well, you've never played for a club this big and you've got to understand what it's like and stuff well, like that. So it's your, it's your, I'm waiting for him to blame you, personally. You know, like in years' time, when he, 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 writes, his, he writes his autobiography, yeah. and he says, I felt absolutely fine about signing for Sunderland until this guy a loo- this podcast, some loser from a from podcast. This, yeah, yeah, from this shit he, podcast. He's he never but, done anything <laughs> in his life <laughs> telling me what to do. Um,
2: but yeah, I think, you know, generally, I think people, are beha- like people just want them to succeed and want them to do well. But it is... I do feel as though they're like a point point of no return for certain for some players. And I it don't it think I fair, don't think it's a lost cause. I don't, yet. I'm not saying it's a lost cause B- because but it becomes, it, he's you swimming against the, a tie. Uh, he, so he's gonna have to score I, I he's going score ten I, and twenty. I
0: I no, I agree, but I think what, what is in his favour is normally when we've when we've seen a player um who centre forwards who've struggled to turn it around, they've generally been playing for Sunderland who were fighting relegation or the mid-table or they're not really good or they're not creating chances. What I would say is if Sunderland pick up momentum and start winning week after week and it's a confident team, people will, will start to overlook a little bit because they won't be as bothered because we're winning and we're scoring. He might then find some confidence and, and start just hitting the back of the net. You're, you
2: know when somebody's struggling a bit when people start saying well, he's fat. Like that, when someone falls out of favour... People start commenting on things like, "Oh well, they're not fit, they're overweight," and that's happened with Greg. I've seen people like making comments about him being oh, yeah, fat. He's it's, really like isn't he? It was like it happened with Kazri It's <laughs> that, like that terrifies <laughs> me if that's if know, if yeah. that's <laughs> what the <laughs> people, if people, that's what the profile is. It's happened with happened with Cassery. It happened with Chris Maguire getting back. There was a photo of Chris McGuire. It's like, oh, he's fat. It's like, what? He's fat. Like garbage. Like what a load of rubbish. Like it happened with Kazri. People calling Kazri fat. Like I know, I'm, like at the time, it was absolutely I think, laughable.
1: I think the problem was that David Moyes was one of them, wasn't he?
2: Well, <laughs> it tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? I remember seeing a photo of him in the airport, like when he'd signed for was it San Sunderland? He went to, or, and he looked like an Adonis. I was like thinking people are calling him fat. He's joking, but this is what happens. It always happens well, when Paul Gascoigne
0: so played for Everton and he got called fat, and he took his top off at the other of game when he, he got man the match against Sunderland. He had a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> and well, everyone it, was and calling it. him fat and saying he's passed it and fat and stuff
2: this is what happens like what well, as soon as these things start like as soon as someone comes out falls out of form a high profile player someone who's contributed elsewhere or previously for the club and something starts to go wrong everything is analyzed and i felt a little bit for him you know you run around he, you know and try try to chase the ball but he came on at a time when we were not back to the wall, but we decided we we're gonna Try and see it out. Try and see it yeah. out. And we did, which is great because back end of last season we were going kind of a lot of late goals. Um and we'd struggled to see out games over the course of the season, hence all of the one ones. Um so we did see it out. Um and I think a lot of that is we should come on to it is a lot of that was down to not just Jordan Willis, who thought as obviously had his best game for Sunderland yet. But Alan Ozturk, who was excellent at the end of last season and you know you should be start charging John Marcus rent because he's been in his back pocket for you know against Doncaster and at the weekend
0: i mean 2 million quid for him never been convinced on him people talk about what we paid for Greg but when we were linked with him and i saw the money they wanted and i never wanted us to go out there personally
2: but he looked pretty average at the weekend but you know, sometimes defenders make strikers, look average, you got nothing, and it's the second time, and you look at this, we kept a clean sheet twice with against Portsmouth at the end of last season, and, and Turk was instrumental, and when he got sent off in the playoffs, off I think people were sweating a bit that he would be available for the second leg, because everyone wanted him in, he was the first pick at the, in, in that central defensive position, so he can find himself a little bit unlucky that he didn't start the season, I think, especially with Flanagan, who's... I think he's had a good start to his son career, a bit like Baldwin, but has definitely tailed off as time's gone on. And OzTurk came into it, and he's exact. him and Willis as a partnership, I think, are probably the the perfect sort of two that, of the group that we've got who will like feed off each other nicely in terms of the style of play. You've got Willis with a pace who'll sweep yeah. stuff up, and obviously, people have talked about his aerial prowess. Well, he certainly proved that the weekend. What an unbelievable header that was!
1: fantastic delivery, fantastic desire from Willis to get across, clever finish. I think he, yeah, I, I couldn't stand he, people who saw him in the first couple of games were a bit underwhelmed because obviously he arrived with quite a bit of hype because it was, you know, well-known that championship clubs were trying to buy him and there was a lot of competition. So that was a lot of set against that. His opening performances weren't great, but I just felt even in the last 15 minutes at Ipswich, when someone had gone to a back four, the game was very open. There were a few moments where Norwood, who terrorised the all game, a couple of brilliant moments where he just shepherded the ball out of play, showed his pace, won a couple of headers and I just started to feel like it was it was clicking for him in the last couple of games. He's been very, very good and him and Oster are a good partnership. What I really like about Alim is, is, to me, he doesn't seem to feel the pressure as much as some of the other defenders no. do in the sense that he seems to have a really good understanding of his own game and his own limitations and so sometimes... He will just put a ball into a channel if he thinks that's the right decision. He he doesn't try and do something he doesn't feel he's capable of or isn't right. Which isn't to say he's not a good player. He just doesn't seem to feel the pressure on the ball like some do. Defend first. Yeah, and 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 so he seems to make good decisions. And you know that second goal, it might just look like a long ball, but it's not. It's it's a good ball into the channel to relieve the pressure. And McNulty goes and chases it down, does really well, and it sparks a move. And I think that sums the lame up. He just seems to make better decisions on the ball which isn't to say he's a brilliant ball player he just doesn't seem to feel the pressure yeah. and force the, himself the into thing doing I'm things play,
0: I'm playing in front of the fans like this at the ground like this I need to ping the ball 50 yards on uh, and show people how good I am Just, you know, I'm a defender first and that's so, what I'm to and do and sometimes
1: yeah. he'll just make a foul he'll just bundle someone over or he'll just tug the shirt or I, he'll get, he'll con- just, I get
0: concerned with these, in the, in his, the hands, his hands yeah. in the box he's yeah. a bit handsy from the corner yeah that does concern yeah. us. You feel like if that was in the Premier League or Championship, we get pulled up every single time and give away penalties. But we, you know, we no, aren't there. With the, AI we there. well, <laughs> might be a few who the I don't want to get into a no, conversation. Not, I'm just no, about it uh, Let the people <coughs> who uh, it actually affects worry about <coughs> uh, that. Uh, <coughs> got enough problems yeah. of our own, or have we? Um, Mark Woodnotley been out? Is that a problem, Phil? You, you've spoken to just Ed, just Jack, Jack His nickname is it? Chaser. <laughs> <laughs> Shot it down, Jack Ross, Chas. Um, we have another league game this is league one and the games come thick and fast you you mentioned earlier that you're encouraged by the performances uh, of ledbit and mcgeoch to be the the sitting midfielders who pull the strings and then dobson and powers to be uh, power to be the ones who get around the pitch so with a squad like ours, you would expect expect him to freshen things up perhaps and in, in the case of McNulty he's gonna have to
1: yeah i i do think it's a blow to be fair because i think coming off the back of a win like that and then the atman game as well Although it's a midweek game, and you want to rotate. It did just. It does just feel like a moment where you almost just want to say, right, yeah, same again. Just going, you know, you you want to change things as little as possible after a couple of performances like that. I think, and you and know,
0: freshen it up for the Wimbledon game, perhaps. Perhaps,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah I think I think that's how I, I would have have, have liked to to have done it. And has looked like a really good player. He, he makes the players around him look better, and you can't pay him a bigger compliment than that. But as Gareth said. White looked really good in his last couple of cameos, and he had a brilliant game at Rochdale. He scored last year. Last, last year. year, that yeah, was yeah. the place where it really started to turn from him. As it was, he had another dip, but maybe it'll be a game away from home that actually suits him, and and, and maybe even be that focal point. So, hopefully, it won't be too much of a of a blow. But I I do feel it's a real shame because it did does feel like a game where you would have really liked to have just said right, done it against Portsmouth. Let's just keep things simple. Go and go and do it again.
2: They've I mean, got a great chance this week to, you know, put all that. One one rubbish to bed, and that was we fell down last season because we had too many, dropped too many points against teams like if this. It you know, like I know we beat Rochdale twice, and we beat uh, FC Wimbledon twice last season. So not the greatest example in isolation, <laughs> but you know we dropped points against
0: lots of crap league you know, teams. Rovers yes. and we know what and you get. Teams like yeah. that
2: last season, now. Now, as I say, we're beating Portsmouth and then we follow it up and we get bang, we beat them, we beat them, three wins in a week, we'll be in, you know, top four probably as a result of that and then we're going, right, that's the start of the season and Jack Ross can puff his chest out and go, well, what were you worried about, why why were you, you mourning about it? So, hopefully he is doing that and hopefully he is, uh, you know, rubbing critics' noses in it, like, you know, we. I think the criticism is... Fair, relatively speaking, because of you know the the end of last season and the start of this season and the stuff with the systems and everything. But again, I said before, you win, don't matter. Mm. People don't twist. Is it still
0: a concern with the fullbacks? Um, left well, back. We have got a player he brought in to play on the right side of a central of the center of a back three playing left back, who. Um, he was better on Saturday, but it, it yeah. accurately gave a penalty away because, he, because of his position and he was on the wrong side and he looked like a fish out of water. Um, and then we've got Lugo Nine, who, who's a midfielder, let's not forget, and is a concern in that he remains to be our best left best right-back option. I,
1: if, that, if, if people have that opinion, fair enough, but I just don't think he's seen as a midfielder anymore. I just think he is now viewed by Jack Ross and everyone at Sunderland as a right-back. And Jack Jack can talk you through why he thinks he's a, he's a good right-back, his attributes, his stats, all that kind of stuff. I just I think that's just how he is seen now. I think he is. you can have your opinion on whether he should be a midfielder and whether they can do better with a right-back, but I just don't believe anymore that he is filling in at, at right-back. I think he is coming to the season as a right-back and to play as a, a right-back, and I just think that's where he where he is for now. Um, they do need another left-back, but I thought it was really really, really good to get Denver Hume straight back on the pitch because it's one of those where if you leave him out for quite a while and then you put him back in, he's going to feel so much pressure out of rhythm to get him straight back on after what happened last week. And I thought he did okay. He didn't have to do anything particularly significant, but he did all right. And I thought that was really, really good management. I thought it almost just nips it in the bud a little bit. Yes, you need to go out and get another one. Of course you do. But it just means that you don't, necessarily have that fear again of putting Denver back in, you've gotten back in onto the pitch. You've nipped that kind of in the bud. And I thought that was I thought that was really good management.
2: Let's not forget that Denver Hume played very well before um, he got injured last season down at Coventry. Um he was having you know he got into the team and he was there on merit. Um but he's not been great this season and we do need a you know a player in that area. Um whether or not it'd be somebody where he's going gone I'll bring somebody in to play regularly or whether it's somebody to just a similar level to Denver Hume in terms it needs of comp it needs to be
0: better you, you need to be bringing a, a left back in who's ready a, to an, expe-
2: an experienced player in that position Well I do think we think some moves
0: have fallen through then Phil based on what he was saying today Jack
1: um, I'm not sure if any have necessarily fallen through since since deadline day but deadline day was obviously a, a little bit of a shocker in that he had four four who's kind of monitoring and they were kind of looking at saying well one or two of these will probably get a move to the championship and then we'll see if we can get one of the others and obviously all four went so that obviously leaves them uh, and That maybe then because they're all loan players that maybe changes the picture does that mean you now go into the free agent market because what you perceive to be the right caliber of loan player is no longer available i'm not quite sure or do you say well hang on position we're in we haven't been able to get one of our loan targets do we now have to go and spend a bit of money do we have to go and get somebody else's left back is that the way we have to do it so that those are what I imagine are the decisions that they're, they're making and one thing as said to me is that you're also dependent on certain players availability which can be very fluid so it might be that someone becomes available for a couple of hundred grand in a couple of weeks who isn't available now and that might change the profile of the player that go and get potentially so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that one but I don't know I should have kept Bruce well, James okay. would have made that a lot simpler.
2: And obviously, we're in a situation now where it's, you know it's come out that it looks as though we're going to get some investment. And if that happened, if if that's kind of signed off to an extent, whatever you want to call it, maybe the there will be more money available to spend on a player before the end of the. the we don't the know for we sure what's going to happen, though, do we? Well, Stuart Donalds come out and said yeah, but found, it was close before. Wasn't I know, it but as he well. never came out and mentioned about Mark Campbell before it happened, did he? He was still. In the- on the scene,
0: though, well, he
2: was about, yeah. you know, there was an there was a possibility there that it could happen. But this, what I'm saying is, Stuart Donald never came out, and he was always very quiet about that thing. Whereas he's come out at the weekend and said, "We have found the right people who are going to come in. We believe can take the club forward." So it doesn't sound like we're going to be the ones pulling out of that. It sounds like they are. And if it, if they if if it collapses, then there's going to have to someone's going to have to come out and explain that after saying we have found. The right people to take the club forward. So let's see what happens in that regard. But you never know. Some money, you know. It's in, I think it's interesting as well. You know, reading whether I'm reading too much into this or not. But obviously, a bit of a recruitment drive going on as well. After a lot of obviously a lot of pe- lot of change at the club and a lot of people seem to move away from the football club um, around you know around the place generally day to day basis. Now, obviously, looking to recruit, maybe that's got something to do with new investment. Maybe in terms of being able to support a larger base of staff. I guess we don't know until something's officially confirmed. But obviously, he's come out and spoken about it, so I don't think it's unfair to assume that something could happen. And if it does, maybe that'll change our approach.
1: I would. The, I would be amazed if it made a short-term difference in terms of transfers. I might. I might be wrong. Um, I would be surprised. the The only thing I I would add on the takeover stuff is I I was mentioning to Stephen on the way over. I always takeovers you don't really know about, and then they happen. And I think it's good that whoever these people are, we've not had leaks, we've not had kind of hints about what they're going to do and how brilliant they're going to be. Whoever they are, are just getting the deal done. And I think that's a really good sign because that's what people. Let's hope we've got lots of money. Well. We 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 can't know that for certain until we until it's you know all confirmed and what have you if it is indeed confirmed. But just as a general point, having you know worked in football journalism for a little while, the takeovers that, takeovers that happen generally don't get leaked and poured over and discussed in detail before they happen. And there's plenty of clubs who who can provide examples of that. So from a starting point, I like the fact that it suggests to me that they're they're serious because they're just working at getting the deal done, and mm-hmm. that's that's how it should
0: be. Instead of letting the ego take control and saying. Not being able to keep it from everybody, yeah. No, you're right, and and that's what people say generally. Uh, back to the game uh, at Rochdale that we we, we kind of touched on it, and I think we all suggested minimal changes would be preferred. Do we think that's going to be the case? So he obviously has to make one up front. We'd be surprised if that wasn't Charlie White, right? I would just think he'd, you know, he might. I
2: wouldn't be surprised maybe if Dobson came in at the middle for for Ledbetter or something like that, maybe I, just to freshen
1: I w- it. I wouldn't be surprised if Dobson replaced Power just because Power oh, oh, obviously yeah. missed a lot of yeah. pre-season and this would be his third, third could, yeah. start in seven days. So
0: You can't see him not playing either McGee or Ledbetter, can you? I think I think Ledbetter will play again. I, th- I think,
1: to me, it looks at the moment like it's got to be one of the two in each one, if that makes sense. To the balance of the side, that looks like how it has to be. So those those would be the only two I would expect why you would think is ahead of Grig at the moment, judging from what we're seeing. And then I do think there's a slim chance that maybe Dobson will come in for power. But other than that, everyone deserves to keep their place, in my opinion. So, providing they're fit, I, I can't see why you would change it.
0: And there needs to be foot on the throat, doesn't it? You, you can't, you know, you can't make a statement like that, beating somebody like Paul when fans were going into the game. Fearing the worst, perhaps, or, or certainly not feeling confident. Fearing the worst, perhaps, is a, might be a bit strong, but not feeling confident about the game. Uh, we didn't play well for the first 20 minutes, but then we generally controlled the game and looked all right. So we got through it, and we, we now can't rest on our laurels at all. We really, really now need to make these next two games pay. And that's where Sunderland fell short last season, wasn't it? Not being able to string these wins together against these sides.
1: Yeah, they, they had one long winning run in... Right, in sort of October, November. Time, yeah, sort of autumn, start of winter and then, and then that was it and everything else was, was wins kind of interrupted by draws and, it, you know, it's funny these are two sides that beat last year and if you think that they drew away from home against all three of the sides who got promoted last year after five games if you go and win these two you could say, well, we're two points better off than where we were from these fixtures last year and, yeah, and, so, yeah. and that's how these two wins can, can very quickly change it but we all know that if you come up with two one one draws, we're not going to be talking about the Portsmouth win for much longer. So I mean the early season you've always got to be careful because you can swing too much on, on one game back and forth. But it's you know, it, it is a big opportunity, as Gareth mentioned earlier, to kinda of say, Well, look, we're in a we're in a good place, you know. We haven't got maximum points, but we're we're in a good place.
0: Any teams? early on that have impressed if you're saying you don't think Portsmouth maybe look uh, not as good as perhaps some people were predicting them I mean well, we be it's not a on one game 20, 20, yeah would be basing on them playing against so us they did win a home game they won a cup game against Birmingham youth team quite comfortably um, I, th- I think uh, I
1: really do think Lincoln are going to be right up Lincoln, there yeah. I think they're just a bit of a winning machine to be honest they've recruited really really well added a little bit of different dimension to what they had in, in Adam Jack Payne and George Grant they were two two good players signing them is just a sign to me that you're serious um ipswich i just think will be there or thereabouts because i i, I don't from what i've seen they are not might not be an exceptional side but they're quite robust he's setting them up in a certain way that i just think they won't lose too many games i think they might be a little bit like Sunderland were last year um where they just kind of there,
2: they're there or thereabouts um Peterborough, the interesting one because they usually have a really good start of the season and then tail off as time goes on. Whereas this year they've had a pretty, pretty poor start. I mean, Concealer, a, a late equaliser at the weekend, didn't they? And lost the first two, lost the first couple. So mm-hmm. they'll be. I mean, people P- P- are kind,
1: kind of always the same. We we have to sit sit all summer while we get told how they've signed the best players in the world and they're going to be brilliant. Well, they got the
2: best player in the world currently playing for them anyway. They do, yeah. Marcus Madison is that, apparently. Is it, is they're all,
1: they're all, they're all brilliant. They're all unbelievably yeah. talented, fantastic players, and they're going to tear the league up. And then do okay.
2: What is that thing with um, Marcus... sorry, the Marcus Madison? thing, I just don't understand. I
0: haven't why, seen why? enough of him. I
2: know. Just why, why, why is it like this? Th- why is what is this thing with Marcus Madison? Because he is from here. Is it's that probably helps? Yeah. Is that why? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's bad or anything. It's just weird, the way like it seems. He seems to be like this, like unattainable, like world-class player or something that we need to sign or something. Maybe we will. So and then
0: he'll score, like, loads of goals and be and you'll great. And you'll remind him of how big of a challenge it is. And <laughs> oh, yeah. If we get the opportunity, I'll
2: tell him that, uh, you know, if he doesn't perform, he'll be pe- on his back after five games. So.
0: How confident are people, then? We'll wrap it up. How confident are people for the Rochdale game? You have
2: to, oh, if he oh, keeps it the same, you've them. got to be confident. We should beat anybody in this league with the, with the squad we've got. So... You've got to be confident win every game you have to win every, you have to win 28 games If you want to get promoted basically haven't you really mm. what's that 75 84 points is that so when they took some draws in you, 10, 10 draws 28 wins it defeats uh, gives you what 90 94 points get you promoted so you got to you got to you're going to have to find 28 wins somewhere. See, We've had one. We need 27 more. You've got to beat Rochdale. You've got to be confident you're going to beat him twice.
0: Well, it'll be good if we could continue to turn the screw after a win and build some momentum for a change. Because like you say, apart from the early parts of last season, it didn't really feel like Sunderland did that. And I think that will settle a lot of people down, players and fans, and the manager perhaps. So I've Frankie should be back Thursday. Should be. I've got a, should be back. I've got a, a thing to bring up. But I'm going to put you on the spot and come up with something. So obviously we've got
2: MSN, which is Messi, Suarez, and Neymar. We've had the SES, which is Sheringham and Shearer. Now we've got Maguire, McNulty, and Megidi. What are we going to call them? Because we've got that muck thing going on. I feel like a, a McDonald's-y vibe some, somewhere. A triple muck. Triple Mac. It's <laughs> be like the Big could, Mac. You could have this as like a listener competition. Yeah, we could. So if you've got any ideas of what you're going to call the three, the three Macs. There's a there's a drink, there's a cocktail called a G Mac, the three Mac. And they're all like kind of Scottish, aren't they? Well, I say kind of Scottish because McGee do, do from the I'm, say I'm, that I'm, I'm not I think Netflix made that mistake last I'm year. I'm not opening that kind of worms. Um but yeah. <laughs> so you got G Mac, the three which is Scottish like whiskey ginger wine cocktail, so the three Mac. And I bet you McGuire probably enjoys a few of them from time to time. Um I don't know. It feels like my you know, it's Maguire though, not m- I know, but don't ruin it, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the same thing. It's phonetically correct. So okay. Well, have you, so got, you any got any ideas? Yeah, we've got
0: any inclination to do that whatsoever. Then uh, drop us a tweet and let us know.
2: Just because people are funnier than you, Stephen, doesn't mean you have to. Well, that, that's what, that's why
1: I've suggested a, a listening yeah. competition because I've got nothing to contribute. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping. So. <laughs> not when you've just
0: been uh, <laughs> dropped it like that and expected to come up with something. <laughs> that's <Spare it>. away.
2: <laughs> Um, no offense, Steve, but have I dropped that, I wouldn't give you a week to come up with something funny.
0: Okay, whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>